John Morosi will join us here live from the winter meetings in Nashville. Give us the latest on Juan Soto. Is he going to the Yankees? Is he going somewhere else? Give us any sort of details right now that are few and far between uh, with Shohei Otani's future. It seems like the only thing we know for certain is that it's going to end soon. And soon is a loose term, maybe by the end of this week. We'll have a team picked out, but it's all secretive. Who's actually truly finalists? How many teams were involved? We'll get John's take, again, live from Nashville at the winter meetings a hour from now. Before that, though, the NFL is a copycat league, right? That's been pretty well documented. Anything, Anytime something new is tried and works, every team tries to adopt it. The latest now being the, the tush-push, brotherly shove, whatever cute nickname you want to phrase it. Eagles started it last year. Every team has inputted some sort of that version into their playbook for this year. Here's, though, I think the next trend. We are going to see more teams copy. And that, I think, is the model that the 49ers run their team with, meaning they devalue the quarterback. Like, they're the only team that does not have quarterback as their number one priority when building a roster. If anything, I mean, they may have quarterback last, to be honest. Like, look at how they build their roster. Strong offensive line. Great running back. Great receivers. Great tight end. Great defense at all three levels. Great head coach. Like, they went all in on making sure everything, literally everything, around the quarterback is set. So that way, you don't have to pay a quarterback a lot of money, and they don't have to rely on that quarterback to be great in order to win games. It's basically, for lack of a better term, plug and play. And I think last year showed you that. Trey Lance getting hurt. Jimmy G comes in. He gets hurt. Brock Purdy comes in. They, they don't skip a beat whatsoever. If anything, that team got better as they replaced quarterbacks. They're the only team that does that. But I think we're going to see more of that now going forward. A little bit of a de-emphasizing of the quarterback position and maybe more putting resources to other parts of the team because... The 49ers showed you one quarterback injury doesn't end your season. They're the only team that could truly say that, where they are still Super Bowl contenders, whether it's their backup, or really, I should say their starter, their backup, or their third-string quarterback, they are still Super Bowl contenders. No other team in the NFL can say that. Some teams may make the playoffs to their backup quarterback, but they're not Super Bowl contenders. Like, the Vikings make it. They're not winning the Super Bowl with Joshua Dobbs. If the Colts or the Browns make it, P.J. Walker, Joe Flacco, Gardner Minshew aren't leading their teams to the Super Bowl. The 49ers are the only team that could say that. And now as we see quarterback injuries become more prevalent, I think now teams are going to start to get a second look of, you know what, it's great to have a great quarterback, but what good is it if they're hurt to have a $150 million, you know, QB, that's really underselling it, like $300 million QB on the sidelines and not playing. Like, you have six franchise quarterbacks, right, out for the year this year. Trevor Lawrence, the latest quarterback to get hurt on Monday night. Now, thankfully for him, it does not seem to be as severe as we initially thought, as how it looked. There's a chance he plays on Sunday. But let's just say he doesn't play. Let's just say he misses one game here with that ankle sprain and can't return on Sunday. There's going to be then 14 different starting quarterbacks who started week one for their team that had to miss at least one game because of injury. So almost half the league has dealt with 
sometimes minor, sometimes major, but either way, a quarterback injury they've had to overcome and play without their their number one guy with for stretches of the season. And so it's so hard to win games and be a playoff threat when, again, you have so much money tied up in the quarterback position and they're not on the field. Even, for example, a team we're seeing right now with a quarterback that is healthy, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, part of the reason why that Chiefs team is struggling at offense this year is their receivers are not very good. They had DeAndre Hopkins come into town. Couldn't sign him because they couldn't, you know, they didn't have the money to sign him. They got, what, $26 million, I think it was, from Tennessee? They didn't, you know, the Chiefs didn't have $26 million available to give to DeHop, in part because Mahomes is making so much money. Now, that's, again, he's rightfully doing so, but that's the reality of when you're paying your quarterback that much money, it's hard to build up the rest of the team at an elite level, and that's why I think what the 49ers are doing, building up the rest of the team and having a, a, a quarterback on a rookie contract, I think more teams are going to start adopting that, following that mold. Now, it's hard to do, and it takes a long time because obviously, again, it you got to draft, you got to develop, you got to sign some of these guys, you got to trade for some of these guys. It takes a long time to build up the rest of the roster. But if you do that and not pay big time money to a quarterback, I think it's it adds more stability and more sustainability to winning. Hey, when you pay your quarterback all that money, $40 million a year, $50 million a year, and he's out, most times, teams don't have enough talent to still get by and still make the playoffs, let alone be a threat in the playoffs. You could see it from, you know, one game at a time, maybe. Like, we saw it with Jake Browning, for example. Joe Burrow just got paid. Jake Browning goes in on Monday night and lights up the Jaguars. We could see one game of Jake Browning look good. We could see a season where Gardner Minshew leads the Colts to the playoffs. And again, Joe Flacco leads the Browns to the playoffs. And Josh Jobs leads the Vikings to the playoffs. You could still see quarterbacks go down and still win games and still, again, be a playoff team and playing in January. But you got zero. Right? Zero. Chance of winning the Super Bowl. The 49ers are the only team that could truly say, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, our Super Bowl window is open every single year. Because they have a great head coach. Great offensive line, great running back, great receivers, great tight end, great defense, all because they didn't, they aren't paying $50 million a year to a quarterback. It's really hard, if you think about it, with all those great pieces, it's really hard to fail in that system. And that's part of the reason why, not take anything away from Brock Purdy, but part of the reason why, like it's, you see what he's doing, it's not a shock because it's hard to fail. When you have a great offensive line blocking for you, where anytime you drop back, you have a ton of time. When you hand the ball off to the best running back in the NFL, who also, by the way, doubles as a super dangerous receiving threat out of the backfield. When you have a do-it-all Debo Samuel, where you can run the ball, he can catch the ball, he's prone and able to score from literally any point on the field. When you have a great head coach in Kyle Shanahan calling all the right plays for you, when you have a defense that you know, hey, when they're out on the field, no one's scoring. No one, like, I'm not going to have to worry about scoring 35 points a game in order for our team to win. I know our defense is going to get the job done. It's pretty easy 
to have success and win a lot of games. And that's why Brock Purdy was able to walk right in and have immediate success. Because he was in the best situation any quarterback could possibly ask for. Because the 49ers are paying the least amount of money to their quarterback versus anyone else. Well, everyone is paying more, right? Joe Burrow extension, Justin Herbert extension, Jalen Hurts extension, Patrick Mahomes restructure. San Francisco is going the other way. I'm not saying it's wrong, by the way, that the Chiefs shouldn't have extended Mahomes. They should have. That the Bengals shouldn't have extended Burrow. They should have. But I'm saying because it's so hard to find the guy at quarterback, right? Because there's way more misses than there are hits. Because quarterback salaries are continuing to skyrocket at an insane pace. Because one injury to a star quarterback that's getting $50 million a year, it's soon to be $55, $60 million a year, could end your season. Does it really make all the sense in the world to be constantly chasing that quarterback? Have them try to be that savior for your team and hope that they're enough to to carry you to the end? Or does it make more sense to look at what San Francisco is doing, who has not won a Super Bowl, to be fair, but has made a Super Bowl, has been in three out of the last four NFC title games, looks to, I mean, being upset if they're not in their fourth and five years this year, I would say it'd be a shock if they don't make the Super Bowl. It would be an even bigger shock if they don't win the Super Bowl this year. So it feels like right now the 49ers are on track to win it all this year without a quarterback or without a, a quarterback that you would traditionally get, I should say. I think especially if they win, we'll see more teams go for it. Go for that model. Maybe instead of drafting, let's say, Drake May, which maybe some teams would normally do at number two, they say, you know what, give me Marvin Harrison Jr., Let's get a great receiver. Let's get a great offensive lineman here. Let's start building everything around the quarterback. Let's start making a trade. Let's start signing some free agency. Let's start developing to where we can get out of the 53 roster spots, 50 good to great players, and then worry about quarterback later. Because if you got that roster to the point where San Francisco has it, where you have, again, I would argue 50 out of 53 players that are great, the quarterback at that point is almost irrelevant. It's easy. It's right there on a silver platter for you in order to have success. So that's why I think, again, in a copycat NFL league, I think we're going to start to see more teams. Not all, because again, if, you have, if you're the Chiefs and you have Patrick Mahomes, if you're the Bengals of Joe Burrow, you are not trading them Right, in order to do what the 49ers are doing. But if you're a team like the Bears right now who are in a world of hurt right now, does it make sense to pair Caleb Williams and Matt Eberflus, Luke Getze, no offensive line, no real threats outside of DJ Moore? Or does it say, you know what, let's get a head coach here and let's make it the best player available. Let's start building our roster to where if we get a quarterback in the third or fourth round, he could work. Dak worked, had a great roster in Dallas. Brock Purdy's working as Mr. Irrelevant, great roster in San Francisco. Russ went in Seattle. Why did he work immediately? Legion of Boom. Great roster with the Seahawks. Like, it's not an accident that a lot of these later round picks are hitting because these later round picks are going to teams that are well built, are well run. 
and they're not asking their quarterback to be the savior. So it's not a coincidence. And that's why I think going forward here, that that bubble, at least in terms of we got to get the number one overall pick. We got to tank. We got to get that quarterback and then put them on our bad team and hope them and hope for them to be the hero. I think that philosophy is slowly fading out of the NFL. At least it should. Because what the San Francisco 49ers have shown you this year, and also with these quarterback injuries, again, six franchise quarterbacks out for the year, 14 quarterbacks to miss at least, that started week one to miss at least one start this year. Injuries are tough. And you can't allow, if you're a team that's impatient, that fans have high expectations for, you can't allow one quarterback injury to spell doom for the rest of your season. So 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Love to your thoughts at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three as well. Is it time to shift in terms of, hey, we are all in on quarterback. We expect whatever guy we pick in the first round to be our, to our, to be our savior, to be our hero. Does it make sense to say, you know what? What San Francisco is doing in building up the other parts of the roster first, maybe that's what we got to do. Maybe let's focus on quarterback last and focus on tackle, receiver, defensive end, defensive back, head coach, depending on who your head coach is. Let's focus on that first. I think we're going to see a slow shift here. How about yourself? 855-212-4227. At Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. When we return, speaking of quarterback injuries, Jalen Hurts, well, I mean, I I don't know how this is possible. He's not on the injury report, but let's be obvious. Everyone's eyes say he's injured. Should he sit out? Should he take a break, miss a few games here to get healthy? We'll discuss that possibility when we do return. It is Ryan Hickey right here on CBS Sports Radio. This is Hick at Night. Here's Ryan Hickey. It's Ryan Hickey on CBS Sports Radio. You can talk with me, sports with me anytime. Appreciate you making us a part of your Wednesday. You can also listen to yours truly anytime by downloading the Hick at Night podcast. Night spelled N-I-T-E. That way, all four hours of the show, if you're unable to join us, I get it. Life is busy, no problem. But that way you can listen to us at your listening convenience, anytime, anywhere, for free, wherever you get your podcasts, Hick at Night, Night, spelled again, N-I-T-E. So we're talking about, is there a philosophy shift or about to be a philosophy shift here in the NFL? Normally, right, it's quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. It's the most important position, uh, important position in all of sports. It's the one every team obsesses with. It's a position that every fan always talks about. And usually we see so many teams when they're bad say, oh, we need a quarterback right now. Get rid of our guy. Let's draft someone else new without having a great team around them. You look at the 49ers having a great team and then just throwing in anyone at quarterback and having success. 
Should more teams adopt that? Like, does that actually now the new wave of the future? I think so. I'd love to hear your thoughts at 855-212-4227. Mo is checking in from San Diego. What's up, Mo? Thanks for taking my call, Hick. So I, I hear what you're saying, and some teams may may look at this and adopt this. I think they try to do it because they try to, you know, they try to try to draft a young quarterback and they try to stack the team while he's uh, on a rookie deal, right? And then and see if you can win it while you got him young, you know, kind of like what Seattle did back with with, with Russ Wilson, with Russ Wilson, right? But but they, that the problem is if you don't have the right type of offensive mind, you've been talking about these coaches. And how important, if you don't have the right type of offensive coach and the innovative coach to utilize those players, and if you don't have the right type of system around, you still struggle. If you ask me, look at, okay, two teams, San Francisco and Pittsburgh. San Francisco probably has a little bit better roster, but Pittsburgh's got a pretty good roster, okay? They got a strong defense. They got receivers. They got running backs. They got a pretty good roster. They got Matt Canada, or they just had Matt Canada yeah. at offensive coordinator versus Kyle Shanahan. Big difference. And you can even look at the quarterback. I mean, I don't know if Pickett is worse than Purdy. I don't know. He probably is. But the point is, they don't have the same system, the ability to be creative. They don't. They're not utilizing the talent the same way. So they they got that. They have that kind of that model, but it ain't working. You you got to you got to put it all together, and and you're right if you do it the right way. But you got to have those other pieces too. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to hit on some of your, your 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 other position, skill positions. The Jets they got talent. They they missed on the offensive line, but they got talent at receiver and on defense. They don't, I don't know what Hackett doing at, at offensive wow. coordinator. It's that it's that it's that offensive that 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 offensive guy that that creative guy like Ben Johnson. In um in Detroit, they, they you know you you can look at their model. They're similar. They did they've drafted a lot of talent, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't say you wouldn't say that um golf is like top of the food chain, even though he was drafted really really high. Right. But he's not he's not the highest paid quarterback or anything like that. But he's very 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 consistent and steady and so forth. But the pieces around him are good. So that that model works. But it's Ben Johnson. You take him out, and they don't have the creativity. I don't know. No, it's a good point, Mo, and I appreciate you checking in, buddy. Be well in San Diego. No, you're, like, it's hard to, like, look, everything, like, the caveat is everything is difficult, right? Finding a franchise quarterback is difficult. Otherwise, everyone would do it, and every quarterback would be great. And so it is difficult to hit on a lot of these picks. There were misses for San Francisco as well in this process of of building their roster, and I think you're 100% right, Mo. You definitely need an offensive-minded, I would say, a head coach so you don't lose them but definitely a smart offensive, at least uh, coordinator, bare minimum, to not only have these pieces, but also use them correctly. And that's, I think, Kyle Shanahan, I would argue, no one uses um, each offensive piece and puts them in a better position to succeed on a more consistent basis, right, the, right now more than what Shanahan does. But you need a lot. Like, you do need a lot to go right in order to kind of overlook the quarterback position, if you will, and just kind of, again, be like San Francisco, throw in the last pick of the draft and have success. But also, you need a lot to go right to hit on a quarterback and have that guy succeed. Again, we saw, for example, you know, Trevor Lawrence, number one overall pick in the draft, was supposed to be the next, you know, in that same class coming out of Andrew Luck and John Elway, where it was like a guarantee. Like, this is one of the flaw- most flawless prospects we have coming out of the draft. And his first year, he looked like the worst quarterback in the league because the head coach was terrible. 
awful. So it's like even when you have those high picks, if you have a bad roster around them and bad coaching, you're not going to be any good. So it definitely works both ways. It's not, there's no, like, nothing is easy here. Like, that's, maybe I should have done a better job at highlighting that, so shame on me. Either way, it's, it's difficult. But I do think if you look at how the 49ers are built, they are built more to withstand big-time injuries and not have injuries throughout their season, where, as we're seeing, again, all these quarterback injuries, it is just, it's just a season killer. When you pay these quarterbacks 40, 45, 50 million dollars a year, they earn it, don't get me wrong. But then they get hurt. It ruins your season. We're on the flip side, the 49ers, doesn't matter who's at quarterback, they're still moving on. All right, so speaking of quarterbacks and their importance, there's a big circle and big question mark right now around Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts because he's not healthy. And I thought yesterday, I want to give David Carr, brother of Derek, on the NFL Network, a lot of credit here because he, he says something that I didn't really think about. But I want to have you hear it first and react to it. So this is David Carr talking about how the Eagles should treat Jalen Hurts these last five games of the regular season. I think that when you look at this team, you have to have a serious conversation if you're Philly. And you have to really say, is it better for us to play Marcus Mariota right now and let Jalen get really? fully healthy? Ooh. Because I would argue that it does not matter if you're the number one seed. Because if the 49ers come into Philly again, <laughs> they do not care. <laughs> they do not care. If raining in Philly doesn't matter. I think David's 100% right. Like, if you're the Eagles coming off of that loss to the 49ers, I know you got the Cowboys this week, another big game, but I think Jalen Hurts' health is more important, more paramount to getting fixed than figuring out your seeding-wise and holding on to the number one seed or at least winning the division. Because I don't think Philly is going far in the playoffs, even if they get the number one seed and even if they get the bye and home field advantage, if Jalen Hurts is right now at his level of health. I don't know what he is. I would guess like 60% health with that knee injury. I mean, the Eagles have been very hush-hush about it. He's not missed a practice. He's not on the injury report. which Again, I don't know how that's allowed. But anyway, he's clearly hurting. And he's also clearly limited with that knee, which is why if you're the Eagles, getting him healthy I think is more important than seeding because San Francisco just showed you. Palmer away does not matter. They are going, if Hurts is at his level of health in the playoffs, if these two teams meet again, I think we're going to have a very similar result. The 49ers are going to kick the Eagles' asses. And that's even if they get there. Lions are absolutely a possibility to go beat the Eagles. Cowboys have a chance to at least have people believe in them when they play the Eagles um, and host the Eagles on Sunday. But you look at right now, Hurts, especially, by the way, with how this defense for Philadelphia has really regressed. They are struggling. They can't get a lot of stops. They're also banged up as well. So when you make it to the playoffs and you're going against competent offenses, you can't rely on the Eagles' defense to hold some of these great offenses to 10 points like they have in the past. Hold them to 13, 14 points where you're not going out on the field knowing, hey, we got to score 30 every night. Right now, the Eagles, offensively, when they go on the field every Sunday, they got to think we need 30. Bare minimum. Because so many teams are putting up some big-time numbers here. Now, to Philly's credit, they would beat the Bills. But able to go into Arrowhead, beat the Chiefs. 
but they're not being the 49ers. Not right now with Jalen Hurts at his health. So I'm with David Carr 100%. If you're the Eagles, you got to do whatever it takes to get Jalen Hurts healthy. Now, maybe that's just off-season surgery, and maybe this whole point is moot. But if two or three weeks of rest is how you get Jalen Hurts as close to 100% as possible, I would value that. I would play in Marcus Mariota this week and the next two games. If that meant come January 1, you're talking about Jalen Hurts being as healthy as he possibly could be, and now all of a sudden, you know, that offense for Philly is back to being more consistent. That's another problem, too. I think part of the reason why Jalen Hurts and this Philly offense is so bad in the first half like they've been in the last month, I think part of it's the knee injury. Getting off to slow starts, you know, trying to get that knee warmed up, ready to go, loosened up, to where then all of a sudden he feels more comfortable running in the second half. He feels more comfortable using his legs, making more plays. Like, you're not, we saw it against San Francisco, not that they got down early because they're up 6 nothing in the first quarter, but once they got behind, they couldn't, couldn't come back, couldn't compete with the 49ers, couldn't keep up. And you have to have that at least same exact mentality of, hey, if we play San Francisco again here, we're going to have to bare minimum drop 30. You can't then afford to have a slow first half where you got seven points and like 100 yards of total offense, and you're going three and out three or four times in a row. You got to be clicking right away. That's what made Philly so dangerous last year. They came out and blitzed you right away. They, you blink, it's already 14-3. to three. That defense that all of a sudden just put their ears back, started, you know, going after the quarterback because you had to now pass the ball because you're down and trying to come back. That Philly offense was quick strike. Right away, down the field, boom, boom, boom. You get the opening kickoff at 7-0 Philly. Now it's like they're going into the, the halftime and they only got seven points on the board. Be lucky if they're only down by 10 points. Their credit, they've come back a few times. But I think that 49ers game was a reminder, not only that the Eagles are not the best team in the, in the conference, but that come playoff time here, they're going to need a, as close to a fully healthy Jalen Hurts as possible because you can't rely on your defense. You can't even rely on your run game at times with DeAndre Swift to consistently make plays and take pressure off of Hurts. So I think the best thing here for the Eagles in terms of getting back to the Super Bowl, your best chance of doing so is having Jalen Hurts 100% healthy. Which is why I'm with David Carr. If that means sitting Jalen Hurts this weekend and even a game or two, even if it means losing out on the number one seed, even if it means losing out on the division, and all of a sudden now you're playing wild card weekend on the road, I think it's worth it. Because I don't think right now this Philly team has currently constructed with the current health of Jalen Hurts, who let's just say is about 60%. You're not winning a Super Bowl with a 60% quarterback who can't use his legs anywhere near the amount he did last year, which limits his effectiveness, especially to start games. That's not a recipe for success in the playoffs like they had last year. So I think that's one more. I'll be, I gave David credit, uh, David Carr a lot of credit I didn't think about. But I think he's right. That game on Sunday should kind of show as a reminder to Philly, oh boy, we are not on the 49ers level right now, and we will never be as long as Jalen Hurts is at the level of health he's at right now, which is not optimal. Not optimal to say the least. All right, it is Ryan Hickey right here on CBS Sports Radio. When we return, Zach Wilson is officially starting again for the Jets. That doesn't mean anything for this year. 
But I do want to use that entire Zach Wilson drama to highlight. If you're a Jets fan and you think Aaron Rodgers, just his presence alone coming back next year is going to solve this team, you are sorely, sorely mistaken. Also, half hour from now, John Morosi, tremendous MLB Network insider, will join the program. The latest updates from Nashville, the hot stove, when and where. Well, Shohei Otani sign. We'll try to get to the bottom of it uh, in 30 minutes from now. This is Hick at Night. Here's Ryan Hickey. 20 minutes from now. Not even, really, if we want to get exact. 18 minutes from now. John Morosi, MLB Network, tremendous insider. will hop on here from Nashville for a few minutes to give us the latest in terms of the MLB hot stove. The best player in baseball, his destination is unknown. Who is even truly involved in terms of, of like, who's the finalist to land Shohei Otani? It's been one big secret. Teams are trying their best to not give any details at Shohei's request. So, I mean, outside of Dave Roberts opening his mouth and saying that, yeah, we met with him, and the Blue Jays, like, basically not being at the winter meetings because they were trying to court Shohei. Very few breadcrumbs in terms of right now um, what we're learning and what we know from the MLB winter meetings, which usually does bring some big-time fireworks. So John Morosi, again, live from Nashville, will join us here in a few minutes to give us his thoughts and some latest updates from the baseball MLB winter meetings. Okay. It is Ryan Hickey on CBS Sports Radio. So we do have the news that now Zach Wilson, a day after it was reported from The Athletic, that Zach Wilson was reluctant to become the starter again with the Jets. Was afraid of getting injured, and that was the reason why he um, cited, and apparently and reportedly told multiple teammates and staffers that he doesn't want to play anymore um, for injury risk. He's now officially starting for the Jets this Sunday against the Texans. That part doesn't matter. Here's the what I want to use that story to highlight this point. The Jets are an absolute disaster. And Aaron Rodgers returning to the lineup next year, I don't think is making much of a difference. Are they going to win a few more games? Absolutely. They are 4-8. They are going to win more than four games at this point in the season next year, assuming Rodgers is healthy the entire time. Are they going to be a playoff team, though? I I still don't think so. I picked them to miss the playoffs this year before the year started. Now, obviously, that's... That prediction basically is wiped out as soon as Rodgers got hurt, so I'm not going to take a victory lap on that. But there are legitimate concerns here with this Jets team that go far beyond the quarterback that is just being, frankly, ignored. And that's why I don't think Aaron Rodgers' presence alone, going back to that Jets team, is going to make that much of a difference. They, to me, are still nowhere near one of the seven best teams in the league by the time 2024 comes because they got a lot of problems. Number one... They don't have a championship culture. Aaron Rodgers mentioned this yesterday on Pat McAfee's show. He was upset. I mean, seemingly, he did nothing, by the way, to deny the report from Diane Rossini about Zach Wilson not wanting to um, start again. So I think that really shows you're having, I should say, reluctance to start again. That right there, without his denial, confirms the report is true. But what he was more upset about was the leaks coming out. Not that it was made up. No, no, no. He's upset that this is getting out now, that people within the Jets organization are talking to reporters and basically airing the Jets' dirty laundry. 
I think Aaron Rodgers is right about that. Aaron is spot on. You cannot have a championship culture with people basically leaking whatever information they can to save their jobs. Like, I think that's why it happens. There is panic in that building. And so to get the attention off of whoever it is, the GM, the head coach, I, I, I can't sit here and tell you why someone from the Jets would leak that Zach Wilson was reluctant to start again. But someone obviously was going to benefit from it within that Jets team. Whether it's another quarterback, whether it's just getting attention off of the head coach and the GM and now putting it elsewhere. That is not a championship culture when you are more focused on you than the team. And now the rats are running around the Titanic trying to, you know, do whatever they can to save their own asses. That's not a championship organization. And so if the Jets run back the same front office and coaching staff, who's to say that after one bad loss, more leaks within the program are not going to, you know, bleed out after a while? If you're sitting there at one and two and there's some discontent, who's to say that? Someone won't run their mouth to a reporter and, and get some um, get some information out there to make the Jets look bad again. That's problem number one. Those leaks don't stop with just Aaron Rodgers coming back. Those leaks happen anytime your team and organization faces adversity and don't know how to act. Don't have the right leadership intact to make sure no one panics. That's on Joe Douglas. That's on Robert Sala. That's on Woody Johnson. Head coach, GM, owner. All three not only have to be in lockstep, all three have to set the culture in motion. Set the tone. Yeah, we lost Aaron. We're not panicking. We're good here. We got this, this, and this in place to make sure that we can withstand Aaron's injury. Oh, we'll know for sure that, hey, this is a bad year, but no one's getting fired from it. No one's losing their job. That's not That tone has not been set. I think that's part of the reason why you're seeing leaks. That's one problem. Another problem is this, shot, this Jets offensive line is terrible. It's awful. And unless they just totally revamp it, bring in five new guys, they're going to come in right away and have success. You're going to have a 40-year-old quarterback next year coming off an Achilles injury, playing behind that offensive line that couldn't even keep him upright more than four plays this season. That's a concern. Again, Aaron Rodgers' presence is not going to make the offensive line better. The receivers outside of Garrett Wilson stink. Garrett Wilson is tremendous. There's no depth. There's no talent behind him. The big offseason acquisition for New York, getting Alan Lazard to town. Alan Lazard is now getting benched. He's a healthy scratch. You paid $44 million for him, and now they're voluntarily saying, yeah, you know what, Alan? You've been so bad. Set this one out. We're better with others in the in the lineup. Take this one off. So the receiving depth outside of their number one wide receiver is bad, flat out bad. The running game is nowhere near consistent. Bruce Hall was fun last year, and he had some big runs this year, but it's all or nothing. He's either ripping off an 80-yard touchdown run or he's stuffed behind the line of scrimmage for loss of two. He's a true home run hitter where you just need, really, four yards at a time. Keep the chains moving. Don't put yourself in a second and 12. That's something the Jets fail to do consistently. So you have a bad offensive line. No sights in terms of changing it and getting much better when you have to really replace 
three, four of the five guys, arguably, to get anywhere better. You got a run game that is inconsistent at best. You have no one to throw the ball to outside of Garrett Wilson. You got to, oh, by the way, I forget this, an offensive coordinator in Nathaniel Hackett, who's a joke. He is bad at calling plays. He is not a smart and innovative mind. He is not a good offensive coordinator. We know from last year, he's not a very good head coach. The only thing he does well is be friends with Aaron Rodgers. That's it. That is it. Now, lucky for him, that's the only thing you need to get or need to have on your resume in order to be the now New York Jets offensive coordinator. And back then, the Packers offensive coordinator. But right now, you have a guy who has no idea what he's doing. That's not good at what he does. Calling plays. So he can't elevate the offense. He can't make Aaron Rodgers better. He can't put Aaron Rodgers in a position to succeed next year. So forget about just the drama for a second. Where the Jets had a quarterback that didn't want to play again this season. Something I have been on the start for 30 years, basically. I'd never heard of that. So you had drama around the front office and now around who wants to play, who doesn't want to play. Bad offensive line, bad receivers, inconsistent run game. Yeah, you got an elite defense. Congratulations. You're wasting it. And I don't think just Aaron Rodgers himself returning is making Alan Lazard or Randall Cobb better. Making this run game better. Making this offensive line better. Making Nathaniel Hackett better. The Jets have a lot of issues. They got a lot of problems. And I think Zach, this entire Zach Wilson saga this week highlights they are not an Aaron Rodgers away from being a playoff team. They're not Rodgers away from being a Super Bowl contender. I know it's early. Right now, I don't see how the Jets make the playoffs next year. And this is just the latest example of why they are more right now than just a quarterback away. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. We've had a lot of quarterback talk here. A lot. What's more important? Oh, excuse me. Sneeze on the air. Um, What's more important, head coach or quarterback? How do you build a team? Is it more important to build the rest of the team first, then get the quarterback or vice versa? Now we're talking about the Jets. They ain't a quarterback away. That's for damn sure. Let's get some quarterback thoughts from Alston calling from Milwaukee. What's up, man? Hey, Ryan. Um, Heard you talking some Aaron Rodgers and uh, love your thoughts that you build around the quarterback first because uh, as as a Packer fan, we watched Aaron Rodgers take some pretty terrible teams, but he was in his in his prime, take these bad teams to the playoffs and they just got bounced. I mean, we lost in the worst ways constantly. Yes. And um, I think, you know, they got Jordan love. So they got a young team and they got talent around them. And yeah, Aaron Rodgers, you don't pay. Eventually you can't be paying these quarterbacks because especially when they're older. So like Patrick Mahomes, you're not going to, not everyone's Tom Brady and play until they're 40. So I just really, really like your take on this. Uh, Agree with it 100%. Thanks, Austin. I appreciate it, buddy. Hope you're doing well in Milwaukee. Uh, Thanks for checking in. 
But like that's the thing. Like like eventually, we gotta hit a bubble, right? I mean, I feel like we were talking about that with, with college tuition. Eventually, there's gotta hit a, a bubble that eventually bursts and college tuition eventually comes down. I feel like the same thing with quarterbacks. I don't know when that bubble is gonna burst. Just like I can't tell you when college tuition is gonna burst. But eventually, like, it just it makes too much. Like it's impossible for it to keep on going up. And so right now it's it was forty million, then it's forty five million, then now it's fifty million. It's soon to be fifty five million, then sixty million, then sixty five. I know the salary cap is going up as well, but still, it's one of those where it's like you're paying your quarterback thirty percent of the salary cap. You can't put that a good team around him. And so when he's healthy, he can play great. But like you just said with the Packers, we're never able to get over the hump outside of the one Super Bowl. And if that quarterback gets hurt, like we're seeing this year with six franchise quarterbacks out for the year, your season's over because your team is not good enough because you're paying your quarterback a ton of money. All right, John Morosi, live from Nashville, will join us next to get the latest on the Shohei Otani and uh, Juan Soto rumors. It's Ryan Hickey. We'll be right here on CBS Sports Radio.